Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you. So, Father, we thank you for what you're going to be doing. I've seen everything in pictures tonight, so it's kind of funny. You looked a little funny. You're like, anyway. All right. So really listen to this. This is a really good teaching. Um, The Lord put this on my heart because of someone else who, after we've been doing things on rebellion, idolatry, and all that, they came to me and said, Lord, just really showed me. I never saw before how much this person told me their identity was in their family. Their identity was they were the one competing against a sibling. Uh, their identity was they were the one who had to have the best marriage. They were the one who had to be the, you know, the parent that the kids love or the grandparent who's the best or whatever. And, and when they were speaking, the Lord put them heart, you just don't understand how many people at Beauty for Ashes still have their identities in their family or they're looking to have them in their family. So we've talked about that being codependency or entanglements, Right. And people don't even know because before you're in Christ, you kind of should be in your family, right? I mean, that's going to be your main place where you're, you're, where you have a position. It's going to be the main place where you see other people's positions. It's going to be the main place. Usually the enemy's going to mess you up. Amen. But we can't transfer. We can't bring that identity to our identity in Christ. It's like a brand new thing. Amen. Everybody's looking at me like, oh. No, it's a brand new thing. And it doesn't matter if your identity in your family is a good one. It doesn't matter if you think you're a very successful wife or successful mother or successful um, you know, father or successful brother. It's not about that. Amen? This isn't just for, oh, good, I hate my position in my family. I want to run. It's not that. It's, he's going to heal all those role model positions. Amen? But it's going to be in Christ. And so I I felt led by God to first just quickly go over, because there's a lot of them. So if you wanted to look this up, um, if you go to the Strong's in the E-Sword like we use, and if you just put in Christ and make it as a phase, a phrase in New Testament under the um, literal, I'm just going to real quickly go over some of these. Um, to kind of get your thinking about what's it to be in Christ. It's not a cute little thing. I want you to realize there is a reality in Christ. Amen? It's a place. In Christ is an identity. Amen? Do you get that? In Christ is my new identity. Say, old things have passed away. All things have been made new. I am now in Christ. It's a completely different kingdom. Everything about it's different. Amen? So most people don't transition into that kingdom. They stay in their family, in their roles, in their... I mean, look at all this stuff in our culture. No wonder it's so crazy in our culture. Because the church doesn't understand who she is in Christ. Amen? So my identity is in Christ first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and he'll take care of everything else. Which means what? He will take care of your family positions. Amen? He will take care of what you do and where you do it. He'll take care of everything. If we'll first seek him 
and his kingdom, which is his way of doing things. Amen. His kingdom is how does he do things? What does he think? How do we do this? Okay. And so all of that is in Christ. I am a new creation in Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Okay, so when, I'm, when, I'm, when I get born again, if I don't come into the reality and ask Holy Spirit to put me in Christ so all things can pass away, and I recognize, then I have to take and realize, am I thinking in Christ or am I thinking in my past? Because that's where condemnation is, that's where judging is, that's where comparing is, that's where your hidden hurt places hide out, right? And so we have to, we have to recognize, I want you to get this especially when you use your notebooks and stuff. Your identity isn't, is everybody in here born again? Everybody has some proof. They've seen something changed in their life that they know how to be God, right? Okay, so my identity is in Christ because I have his Holy Spirit living in me. Amen? That's what makes all things new. Jesus paid for it, but Holy Spirit coming in is what does the work, not you. Not what the enemy's done in the past, amen? Not um, relationships. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm in Christ and Christ in me, amen? So we've got to totally change how we do everything. And we've got to begin to yield to Holy Spirit. And we, we need to learn to do that, amen? We've got to put off entanglements. That's what this is talking about. I've got to put off these entanglements that try to make me see motherhood this way or fatherhood this way or sisterhood this way or brotherhood this way or being a spouse or being a grandparent. It's like, wait, I've got to wipe all that away from how I think I'm supposed to do it. And I'm supposed to let Holy Spirit, because I'm in Christ, so I'm going to let Holy Spirit in the kingdom of God, I'm going to let him begin to teach me his ways. He is going to order my steps. He's going to tell me when to be quiet and when to say something. He is going to bring me wisdom. Not intellectually, me just reading it all and making myself a Pharisee, right? That's just taking a set of rules and now applying them in the same old parenting or sibling or spouse role, whatever it was. Amen? That's just taking those rules and now using those. And it's not meant in, in Christ. Everything has to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen? The sons and daughters are led by the Spirit of God. Amen? So we have to be led. Okay, I want you to get this. I have to start being led. That means, what does he want me to do now? How does he want me to do it now? He doesn't even have to tell you why. Right now, he wants you just to learn to say yes and do what he says. He's not asking you to understand it first. Amen? Now, let me say this. If you're doing it based on reading it, you're not doing it in Christ. To do something in Christ, I have to be led, led by the Holy Spirit, not led by my intellect reading the Bible. Can I get an amen? All right, so, so we're gonna really spend that time going, okay, Lord, teach me how to do this. I don't know how to do this. And he'll say, yeah, because you no longer live, but Christ lives in you. So if I'm in Christ, I'm no longer in charge. I'm no longer calling the shots. I really no longer live. The more, the more I really have the reality that I no longer live, but it's Christ in me, 
the easier it is for me to, uh, to walk with God and agree with God and do what he's showing me, even when it doesn't necessarily make sense, amen? And on this journey in Christ, you might hit some roadblocks of things from your past that don't want you to stay in Christ. And that's where you need to get healed in the brokenhearted places, maybe even set free from some spiritual issues, amen? So let's go over this in Christ really quickly. I'm just gonna read just these parts. You can kind of get it. It would take a very long time to teach this whole thing. Um, okay. Uh, Romans 3.24, we're justified freely by his grace through the redemption in Christ Jesus. So in Christ there comes redemption and there's grace. Um, so you also count yourselves to be truly did descend, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6.11. Romans is a very good book to read that has a lot of in Christ references to it, okay? Um, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6, 23. I want you to see how much in Christ is put in these scriptures, that it's a whole new life in Christ. I've been born again by the spirit of the living God to live in Christ, to live in the anointing, to live in his presence, to live in his, him, follow, lead, he's leading. If I'm in him, we're going where he wants to go. He's not going where I want to go. <laughs> Amen. We're doing what he wants to do. Not what I want to do and me take him along. That's not in Christ. I have to be in Christ before I can really live out Christ in me. We know Christ is in us if we're born again. But the reality of how strong that becomes in your life, where people can see Christ in you and you can recognize Christ in you and you can cast out demons and heal the sick and all the things that Christ in you is wanting to do, amen? When we begin to have our identity in Christ. When the two are really working together and you're kind of no longer the one involved, it's now Christ in you, the hope of glory, and you in Christ doing the things God wants to do on the earth. Amen? In your family. How many know it's going to look different than the messes a lot of you are in now? All right. So Romans 6, 11, Count yourself to be truly dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. All right, let me put this one out there. There's going to be other people watching this too. If you have a sin issue in your life, then, you, then you're not in Christ. Okay, this tells you here, count yourself truly dead to sin. Write it down. I'm going to be truly dead to the sin. And take a few minutes. Is it a sin of gossiping? Is it a sin of watching garbage you shouldn't watch? Is it a sin of anger outbursts and fighting? Is it sin of, of uh, watching you know, garbage? Is it sin of cussing? Is it sin of road rage? Is it sin of any kind of alcohol or, you know, whatever? You know, it's kind of good. We got a pretty cleaned up group here anymore. So I, don't, I can't say all this. But so the people who say, oh, it's okay to, uh, okay. The people think it's okay to fornicate or have sexual relationships that are outside of marriage, that's sin. Rather, it's a perverted, uh, all of it's perverted if it's outside of Christ, if it's outside of what his word says, amen? So any of those things, you have not truly considered yourself dead to sin and alive in Christ. So you're just kind of playing church. 
So you have to get to that place to say, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me, so I'm not doing this anymore. It doesn't matter how tempting it is. You just stop yourself and say, wait, Lord, help me. I'm in you. I'm no Holy Spirit. You're not leading me to do this. I know Holy Spirit. You're not leading me to drink that, or you're not leading me to, to get in that relationship. I know you're not getting me to say that. I know you're not getting me. Do you get what I'm saying? Amen to hurt people with that or to use the word to hurt people, whatever. I, stepping back from all that, what are we doing, Holy Spirit? I want to be in Christ. So if there's blatant sin in your life, you need to deal with that. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life in Christ, Jesus our Lord. So sin is taking you on a path of death. It doesn't matter if you're born again. It does. It's actually worse. It's actually worse to sin, keep sinning after you're born again because you actually have the answer living inside of you and you're saying no to him. You're saying yes to sin. He died for that sin, but you're still living for that sin. There's something really wrong with that. Amen? And that's where you have to spend that time with God. I want to be in Christ. The people who have the counterfeit hyper-spirituality, I call it, they, they don't die to sin. And you have to recognize what's in this. Well, we've been spending a couple of weeks look at the teachings. People who are watching online go get on our mentorship page, beautyfreshes.org, and, and look at the different things of rebellion and um, idolatry and those things that you're doing that are not led by the Holy Spirit. Anything you do without faith is sin, according to the Word of God after you're a believer. If, you can, if you're doing something, but you don't have faith that God's okay with this, it's sin. Amen? So in Christ, I'm going to quit sinning. In Christ, I'm going to get convicted of sin quickly. Amen? In Christ, I'm going to run. Think of it this way. If I'm, I'm in Christ, so if the enemy's tempting me, or there's an area that hasn't been under the blood yet, right? Because I, I don't know how to hate it yet. I'm going to run to Christ in Christ. I'm going to run and do this thing in Christ. I'm going to go spend time with him. I'm going to get in his word. I'm going to ask him to help me. I'm going to ask him to show me anything he has to show me. I'm going to find freedom in Christ. Amen. I'm not going to whine, have a pity party, call 50 friends, blame it on somebody else. I'm going to get this freedom in Christ. Amen. All right. This is a big one. You've heard me say this a lot. Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So there's a lot in that little tiny scripture there. It's a, it's a big, big part of this. All right. Um, if there is condemnation, what is condemnation? You're judging yourself. You're feeling like someone else is judging you or you never add up, or you're trying really hard to do things right. It's like this constant struggle, this constant struggle to do things right, this constant struggle to not be misunderstood, this constant, that's all condemnation, guys. That's all condemnation, okay? There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Condemnation is a really big indicator that you're not in the kingdom. You're not in Christ. You might know the word. You might be born again. I, I believe you are. I don't know about the people I don't know who are watching, but in Christ, there's no condemnation. So the first, one of the first things you just do is, why do I have this condemnation? Why do I feel like I failed here? Where do, why am I self-criticizing here? Why am I trying to get everybody's approval here? What is going on? And that's probably a place that you need to be healed in the brokenhearted place. Amen. It's 
something. And it could have a lot to do with your identity in the wrong things now that you're in Christ. If your identity is still in your in your role as a child or as a daughter or as, as a son or a parent or whatever, then there's going to be a lot of condemnation there because you're going to be comparing yourself to everybody else. You're going to be comparing yourself to what that book said and this book said and how they do things. And what does this look like? So you're going to live in this place of guilt and comparing and trying to do better and constantly doing self self-approving, you know, proving yourself intellectually, trying to do what's right. Those are all good things of eating at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but you pick good, right? But in Christ, he just helps you. He shows you. His word comes to life to you. And you're like, ah, oh, don't provoke your children to anger, it says. He says it. He tells you, don't provoke them to anger. Why? Because you're going to cause them to become bitter. You're going to cause them to rebel. You're going to cause them to grow up and can't wait to get away from you. You're going to cause them to not know what, to feel like they're wrong all the time or something's bad. So we have to do all this in Christ. Everything we did wrong as parents was because we didn't do it in Christ. You, you people with young kids, what an opportunity to do this whole thing right. Amen. By doing it in Christ, Lord, show me, help me. Doesn't mean it's an instant, easy thing, right? Because all of a sudden you're like, God, you know, help me, convict me, show me. What do I do? How do you help? God expects us to be completely dependent upon him. He promises, if you ask me for wisdom, I'll give it to you. So you have to kind of know what, it, what is it in Christ? In Christ, he promises, if I ask for wisdom, he'll give it to me. He promises, if I seek, if I ask, seek, and knock, I'm going to find him. I'm going to get the answers. He promises. He promises that he'll take care of everything. He promises. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added to you. He'll take care of your whole life. He'll take care of relationships. He'll take care of finances. It's just this carefree life that's almost too good to believe. But you can believe it because you're walking it out and you're with faith watching God do amazing things all the time. And he likes to get these things so big you know you couldn't have done it. Amen? So big you couldn't have done it. You know it had to be him. Everybody tries to have this baby faith that actually anybody could almost tear apart and say, well, that was just you. That's, you just made the right choice. Or, no, God wants to get you in a place where you know it's not you. You know it's not you. You know, you know without him, it would have been bad news. Or you could have never hit those kind of blessings, all right? So, all right. What's well, it? Romans is really good if you just do a whole word search for the word in Christ in Romans. Okay, it goes on. Um, Romans 8, 39. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So there's a law of the spirit of life. Let me see what that says in the Passion. For through the law of the spirit of life, flowing through the anointing of Jesus, he's liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness. Think of it, that's kind of cool. He's getting us out of us identifying with our humanness so that we can identify with Christ in us. But he had to come and identify with our human weakness so that he could pay the price for our human weakness so that he could uh, be crucified because of our human weakness so that we could be free from it so that we could no longer be just led by our human weaknesses. We could be led by Christ. He means it. He means it. 
It's like, you're, you can do, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He means all things. There, there's absolutely no pity parties, excuses or blames in the kingdom because he took care of it all. He took care of every excuse. He took care of every false justification. He took care of everything. He's like, okay, all things are new now. What do you want to do? How are we going to do this? How are you going to learn of me? What, what, what vision are you asking me to give you for your family? What vision are you asking me to give you for your life? What is it? You know, the, the greatest thing God wants, one of the greatest things he wants us to do is to love, our, love him, love ourselves, and then let that love flow out. He wants us also to do powerful, great things for his glory. He, he wants to show off with you, but you're not competing to show off with somebody you're not trying to be somebody else. You just want to see what could God do in you if you really gave yourself to him completely? And he's going to usually get your house in order first, people. He's going to get your heart in order. He's going to get you in order. He's going to get your house. And that could take a long time. Or let me just say, for my life, that seems what it is. But it, it may take a long time of him doing things and working in your heart. But he's always working to this to get you into that place that's going to glorify him. Amen? Uh, and just get stronger and stronger. And you just hang on knowing, you know, Lord, we're going to do what you want to do. For the law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. So I kind of want you to see that because I want you to see that sin can't hold you. The devil can't make you do something. You've been set free. So get rid of that excuse. Amen? I'm free. Quit listening to the enemy and know that you're free. All right, let me get back here. Okay, so get this. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There's a good way of starting to get sensitive when you feel condemnation, judgment, feeling critical, getting angry. Stop and say, oh, I'm not in Christ. Just stop everything. Say, oh, Lord, I want to be in you. I don't want to do this in the flesh. And, and it goes on to say, um, uh, for those who do not walk according to the flesh, but the spirit. So that means human beings born again with the spirit of God have a choice to walk according to the flesh or to walk according to the spirit, which means he will give you grace. He will empower you. If you stop yourself from walking in the flesh, he will empower you to walk in the spirit. Amen? And that's one reason we want to learn his spiritual laws. That's one reason I had, I had a phone call today. I won't get into details, and you wouldn't know this person anyway. But they were having, somebody was trying to set up a power struggle within their family. And it was clearly a situation where this person who, who was um, calling for help, there was no power struggle. The situation that you're in is separate from this other person and there's no comp there's no, there should be no power struggle. So why are you letting them set up a power struggle? Same, if you're a parent, you have a young child, um, there should be no power struggle. There shouldn't be a power struggle between a husband and wife. God tells us what the, what the husband gets to be in charge of and how the wife is to, to react to that. And what. So we have to get rid of power struggles. There shouldn't be a power struggle between a parent and their teenager. Because you're the parent. You can take away the cell phone. <laughs> they can't go live without you yet. But the difference is you want to do it led by the spirit. So you're not provoking them to anger, which is going to cause rebellion, which means you're doing it because God is showing you this is how we're going to reach them. 
But Holy Spirit may say, you know, you never show them mercy. You are one of the most strict. I mean, they make jokes about you at school about how strict you are and how you're like a sergeant. And so right now they need to see mercy from you. They need to see the mercy part of God. Amen. And only he knows what's going on in them as to whether they need to see mercy or they need to have some judgment come down. And can I just let you know, he leans more towards mercy. Now, somebody who is in the flesh enables, that's not merciful. You just won't come up and be responsible to help that person become the human being they should be. So you make excuses for them. You, you constantly bail them out of trouble. Can I get an amen? And that hasn't helped them. That probably might help get them in prison one day. Or never be able to hold a job or be responsible. Amen? And we got all kinds of teaching on that. So, so that's why we want to be led. It's not what I do. Well, I do that. I don't care what you do. What does God do in you? <laughs> What does God in you want you to do right then? You need wisdom for these things. Amen? And I can think of example after examples where God gave me things to do that were just so different than what I would have done. And y'all have heard some of those examples. I mean, I'll just tell it since I know you've all heard it, but some people watching. There was a time when my one of my children was getting a little serious about someone and the someone... Um, which I really pretty much had a good feeling wasn't the right person. Plus, they were pretty young at the time. And they were getting so serious. So my son asked, well, what should I get this person for Christmas? I'm like, well, get him a bracelet. I already did. Get him a necklace. And then the Lord said, tell him to get a ring. I'm like, well, get a ring. I'm like, <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, then I'm in a store and there's a diamond ring. It looks like a real engagement ring. It's a real diamond, everything. It was like 70% off. It was within the little budget they had. And I'm like, do you want me to get this ring? It's only 100, 150 bucks or 200 bucks, but it's like a $1,000 ring. Really? I'm thinking, what am I doing? I'm basically buying an engagement ring for this young person who's barely, I don't even think they were out of high school yet. And I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> and, um, the Lord's like, and he goes, yeah, yeah. So I got it. And, and my son paid me, got it. Well, the girl freaked out. All she was talking about was marriage and having children and all this stuff and just leading my son on. And when she got that, her, she put the brakes on. Wait a minute. We're not that serious. Well, that's not what you were saying to him last week. In the week. Now that would backfire on you people if it wasn't God. It opened his eyes to, hey, wait. You know, I'm just in her game. And he broke up with her. And it's a good thing. Amen? But that's not wisdom you should read in a book. If God's going to have you do something like that, he has to be the one who knows what's going on in their minds, what's going on in their hearts, what's going on in the other person's head. And, and, and you don't then give out advice for everybody to do that. Actually, you probably give out the opposite advice. <laughs> Amen? I'm just trying to show you that God knows what's going on and you don't no matter how much you think you do. You're going to see your kid through your perception of what's going on. You're going to see them through any hurt places in you. You're going to see them through guarding them. Get rid of the mama bear mess. I know it's big news right now. That just means you're an overbearing parent who comes in and takes over. 
And as Christians, we shouldn't be that. It doesn't mean you can't have cute bumper stickers and all that stuff. Amen? But you got to have the heart. What do you mean by that? Because right now, that's being labeled on a lot of people, and a lot of Christians walk around with that. No, I'm going to be someone led by the Lord, and he will protect my child, and he will show me what to do and how to pray and when they should forgive and when they should do this and where they should be and if they should be in homeschool or if they should be in public school or if they should be in private school. Is everybody getting this? In Christ, he's in charge. How many know things would look different if he had been in charge in, your, in, your, in you growing up and your children being led by him? I'm not saying we haven't done, some of us, somewhat of a good job, amen. But how many know that if he was really the one in charge and all these other things were crucified in us, amen, it, it, would, be, it would be pretty nice. How many know, though, God can fix what we messed up, amen? And, and he's amazing. He can take what was meant for evil and turn it to good. Plus, he'll take every good thing you've done, and how many would like to see some fruit from that, Amen. So you have this combination going, but we want to be in Christ. So there's no condemnation. We will not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And then sometimes we need to pray about that. We may need godly counsel about that. We may need to, God, you're going to have to show me and show me that that's something that, that you're doing. And, and I've given examples. If you listen to any teaching I have on parenting or whatever, because not that I was doing this great, but I'll have to say, I can tell you most of my the parenting of my kids, really, a lot of it was led by the Holy Spirit. He would show me, go in there and see what's going on. And remember I told a story about they were, my son and his niece, they were little tiny, three or four years old, plucking out the feathers of a bird. They got the bird out of the cage, a canary, I think it was. And I was like, ah! And we had to stop it, broke the power of murder because they had that funny look in their eyes. And, um, you know, thank God the bird was okay. So, so God wants us to be actively, actively seeking his wisdom, hearing him. He, truthfully, he wants to raise our children through us and we get to go for the ride. Amen? I want you to think of that the next time you're screaming and yelling at your kid and making them feel like they're nothing. Is that really God? Is that really God? Is that what he's trying to tell them? Is that what he's trying? At the same time, when you're sitting there letting them get by with everything and it's okay, you know, you had a terrible life, you know, is that, is that what he wants? He wants to make them a victim forever, blaming everybody else? I mean, you can watch the news media with all these crazy things going on. You can tell which person bought a blame everybody else mentality. Isn't, isn't it kind of cool though now that knowing what we know in Christ we can actually see these things when we hear parents blame society for their kid being a mess. Well, wait a minute. You're the parent. There's a lot of other people in this society and their kid didn't just go kill a bunch of people. Yeah, and they might have the same skin color as you and their kid still didn't go kill a bunch of people. Amen? We've got to get away from that stuff and be led by God. Lord, show me. Then if he starts to show you where you did miss it, he'll show you how to bring inner healing. He'll show you how to pray. He'll show you how to make that thing right if you let him. And it's not usually easy. Amen? Let's say, as we're talking about this, we want to be in Christ and not in the family role. We need to really look. Sometimes you may find yourself alone. Like things just didn't work out as far as relationships. And you would say, well, I, I don't see myself as 
in a family role. I'm, you know, you might be married, no children, whatever. Really stop a minute and think, wait, go back to where, where, how the enemy label you in your family role as a child and what was stolen from you because of how you saw yourself, yourself in that wrong role. And how do you go back now and get healed and, and quit being bitter and get completely free so you can be who God has for you to be now. Amen. It's never too late to really identify in Christ. Amen. All right. Um, okay. Okay. Romans eight thirty nine. For I'm persuaded. Okay, listen to all this. So good. But in all things, we are more than conquerors, conquerors through him loving us. So Jesus loving us and us knowing we're loved will cause us to overcome and conquer every plan of the enemy. So one thing we have to do to stay in Christ is we can't get bitter. Bitter is blaming God. We have to get into a place to see, Lord, show me, teach me. What, where, did, where did they miss it? Who can I forgive? How do I forgive myself? Let me just get into this place of knowing how much you love me. If Satan can separate you from the love of Christ, make you feel separated from the love of Christ, make you bitter, make you think you can't trust God, make you think um, God doesn't care about you. He's got you, people. He's going to destroy you with condemnation. He's going to try to take your cell mind. Because deep down you have this lie that you've been separated from the love of God, which is impossible. It goes on. Um, and all these things we are more than conquerors through him loving us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, rulers, powers, present things, or things to come, height, depth, or any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So if I'm in Christ Jesus, Satan will never be able to convince me that God doesn't love me. He'll never be able to separate me from the power of that love. Love never fails. No matter who's coming at me, acting hateful and horrible and whatever they're accusing, whatever, it's going to have that security. Wait a minute, I'm in Christ. Nothing can separate me from his love. Satan will never be able to make me bitter. He'll never have me blame God for something the devil's doing. I'll just have the security of knowing I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. I, I want us to really get this tonight. Really, this wasn't even what I thought I was teaching, okay? I just found this out right before, like, like right before I started preaching. I was going to preach about the family thing, but the Lord's like, why tell them what to get free from till you tell them what to come into? Amen? You got to begin to see, I'm leaving behind who I am in the world's view as a, as a wife, in the world's view as a mom, in the world's view as a grandma, in the world's view, you know, what other people say, I've got to leave that. But how are you going to leave it if you have nowhere to go? Amen? I don't drag that with me into Christ. Why? Because in Christ, all things are new. In Christ, he's going to have to show me how to do this. He's going to have to teach me his way. He's going to have to give me his heart. He's got to give me his wisdom. Well, I'm going to have to be completely dependent upon God. How exciting is that? Because he's God. If I'm going to be completely dependent upon somebody, isn't God the one to be dependent upon? Amen. And he'll do all, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. In Christ, I can do everything. In Christ, I can handle this situation. About, has anybody else in here ever had situations you can't handle Amen. But in Christ, you can handle all things. You, you want to begin to recognize, I want to handle everything in Christ. I don't have to wait for the crisis. 
I want to handle all things in Christ now because even the things I'm handling that aren't in Christ, I'm sure in him I would do a better job. Amen? I'd be right in his will. All right. So he says, um, so we know that nothing can separate us from this love of God. Now look at this. You have to get to this place to know that you're a conqueror and you have to be completely persuaded that there is nothing out there that the devil can do. There's no person. There's, no, there's nothing possible, no matter what, that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus your Lord. So you got to go get healed in broken places where you felt like you can't trust God in places where you felt like you didn't never had a father there for you and all those areas where Satan has made people see God incorrectly. You need to spend that time with God to understand that the father God will never, ever, ever not be there for you. You've got to let go of trying to create yourself in your own image. You've got to let go of trying to decide what's right and wrong. you just got to let go of it all and just jump in Christ and know he's going to take care of you. That's the faith part. See, this is the part the thinkers have a hard time with. I can't think myself into this. Nope, you can't. This is something you just have to jump in and trust God. And you have to let Trust him to kill everything off that doesn't belong there. Trust him that he's going to make this thing right. You just have to trust him. He goes on Romans 9, 1, he goes, I tell the truth in Christ. I do not lie. My conscience bear witness with me in the Holy Spirit. He's saying, look, when I'm in Christ, I get convicted if I try to lie. If I'm in Christ and I'm speaking something and saying something, I'll know it's the truth because the Holy Spirit showed me, yes, this is me. This is what we're saying. This is the truth. So he'll stop you from lying. He'll, he'll cause you to know what you're saying. You're not exaggerating. It's right when it needs to be. And that that's in Christ. Um, he goes, oh, so we are many, Romans 12, 5. So we are the many, but we are one body in Christ. And each one, remember the other. So it's in Christ that God's going to bring the church. He has to bring us all together in Christ. Now, I want you to see this. We don't all come together in Christ. We get in Christ. And that being in Christ connects me to the in Christ that you are and the in Christ that they are. and the in Because what do we all have in common? Christ. That's how we're the body. He's the connecting piece. Amen. He's it's it, so we don't, we don't come all come together and then jump in and get in Christ. It's because I'm in Christ that I'm already connected, whether I know it or not. If he's, if we're his body and I'm, I'm in Christ, then my in Christ part of this body is already connected to all the other parts of Christ. Amen. He goes on Romans 15, 15, therefore I have boasting in Christ. So he's like, when I'm telling you these stories and these testimonies, I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about what I've done. I'm telling you what I've done in Christ. I'm telling you when, you know, all the stories I have, so many stories, they're in Christ. I could have done any of them without him. I don't want to even be in a typhoon anyway, but I certainly don't want to be in a major typhoon out of Christ. Amen? It's like you've got to, when you get these things happening that shake you, you want to stay, you want to be unshakable, right? You want to stay in Christ. When you're going through trials and you're going through the enemy's attacks, you want to be in Christ. Amen? You want to hang out with people who are in Christ. 
If you're calling somebody to help you to get out of the flesh and get into Christ, you better call the right person. Amen. You want to call somebody who's in Christ. You want to call somebody who's not going to listen to your whining and your crying and your mess. And they're going to say, well, wait a minute. That's not God. You need to pray. You need to see. We need to get in Christ. This isn't about a wristband that says, what would Jesus do? This is about a God in you who's telling you what he will do. <laughs> this is about intellectually trying to figure out what he would do. Amen. This is about him actually showing you what he's going to do. And you've got to learn to walk in Christ. So let's say you're having a conversation with, with your child and your child's kind of, you know, whatever. <laughs> you're going to have to be talking to God while you're talking to them. Lord, help me. Show me what to do. How do I help? Show, one thing, always, I had a situation day, like I said, and, um, and, and in this situation, it had to do with um, somebody not raised in the same home as some of their other siblings. And so this somebody uh, is, has a really strong jealousy issue, it seems. And I I'm, 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 don't know all these people. I'm just going by, I, I just give godly counsel based on, I can't, unless I'm talking to everybody, I don't know the whole story. But what, and then I still don't even know. But what I said is, wait a minute. If you weren't raised with, if you were a sibling that was separated from your other siblings, you would probably be angry. You would probably be jealous. You would probably be hurt. Instead of letting the attacks affect you, how about start praying for this person and having compassion for this person and seeing what Satan did with that? So, so part of being in Christ is to really see things through the Lord's eyes. Like when I even see all these, some of these trials and things going on in these end days that we're living I actually have a lot of compassion for these people who are ruining their lives while they're murdering other people. I don't have any hate. I really see with the things God's taught me in Christ, I realize that could be anybody. Look what Satan did to that person and look how it worked. And if somebody in the church had just really rescued him, you know, if somebody really knew how, if God, if we could reach more parents, if we could help other people get healed in the brokenhearted places, if we could all begin to live in Christ. How many know he's coming back for a spotless bride? How many know she's going to be in Christ? Amen. How many know we're going to look different? You know, he can come anytime. I'm fine. Jump, jump. Let's go. But I do believe he's going to have that bride. Amen. And I've been doing this a long time learning to prepare the bride as he's changed my heart and she's not anywhere near ready yet. Amen. She doesn't even know yet she's not ready. She's like uh, in, you know, um, grade school and she thinks she's already graduated. She's just still in pretend. <laughs> and God's like, we've got, we've got to get a mature, a mature people in Christ. Amen. All right. Um, Then in Romans 16, 3, Paul's telling you to meet these fellow workers that are in Christ. So, so when we really do something that God is in, and let me, see, let me just use this cute little example we just had. Our little Christmas gathering festival thing. Gosh, that was in Christ. It, it, it was kind of silly in some ways, you know, with the things we did, but it was so in Christ. He gave us the idea. He showed us where to go. And, and yes, we could have done the festivity 
without being in Christ. There's a lot of programs and people do fancier stuff than we did. But because we were in Christ, there was a peace. There was joy. There was something supernatural by God being worked out at the same time. Now, how many know doing something like that in Christ is cool? How many of that would have just been kind of work and just kind of, you know, it was a supernatural family event because the Lord put it together. Amen? And I'm not kidding. He put it together. We canceled the big thing we've been doing for years. Made me realize what we've been doing for years was in Christ. Because there's no way we could have pulled that off for all those years. But then he decided to change. See, the problem with God can start something in Christ with us, right? But then he switches it. And he doesn't want to do that anymore. And then we step out and keep doing it. And now all of a sudden, it's tradition. Now it's something we have to do. Oh, now it's you can't even get a volunteer to show up in the place. Amen? So we have to learn that God is going to show us what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Right now, he's building this particular local body in Christ. So we don't even know what it's going to look like. I can't go read somebody's How to Grow a Church book because maybe, maybe God did that. Maybe they intellectually did it. I don't know. That's between them and God. But that's not what he wants me to do. He wants, let me, let me show you how to do this. So it's an adventure. Okay. How many know? I didn't know how to go on the mission field. I didn't know how to get in there and get involved with orphanages and, and training pastors and leaders. How many know I wasn't ever trained in that and I never thought about that and I wasn't trying to do that? How many know? Because it was in Christ. How many know you're sitting in a building that God totally was in charge of everything about us getting it and being here for such a small group to have a big building like this that's all paid for? How many know it's in Christ? Okay, so you have lived, if you're in this church, watching a whole entire ministry come together in Christ that we weren't even trying to do. Ask anybody working here. They never had any idea they'd be doing this. Amen? Is anybody getting what I'm saying? I want you to get rid of trying to be in charge <laughs> because that's not in Christ. Quit trying to be in charge of your families. Quit trying to be in charge of everything in Christ. Okay, Lord, I give it my best shot. And whew, I'm now putting this all, to, this is all up to you. I mean, if that means we don't even have a get together this Christmas, then we don't have a get together. What do you want to do, God? I don't get upset when, when we don't have anybody. One sudden, if nobody comes to my house for Christmas and I'm in Christ, I don't care. I'm going to have a great time, me and Jesus, amen? It, because it's about being in him. He knows what he's doing. Amen? I'm never lonely. Even now, that i got a big projects going on in January. I'm like, ah, and your brain tries to jump in there. And how am I going to do this? How am I going to make it work? I'm not. Lord, I'm just going to trust you. What happens, happens. It's more about what are you going to do? How are we going to do it? You just got to really let go of control, to be quite honest, to be in Christ. All right. And then every greeting, he talks about all these people in Christ, the helpers in Christ, those who are proved in Christ, um, those who've been sanctified in Christ. So, so there's a sanctification that happens in his presence. There's a sanctification of being set apart, made holy, changed by God's spirit. Amen. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.4, I give thanks to my God always concerning you for the grace of God given to you in Christ Jesus. So where do you get grace? In Christ. 
it's not a cute little bumper sticker, people. It's a place. It's a place where you're operating in him. I'm in Christ. How many would like to really have a year where you get to a place of being in Christ? Really living there, breathing there, walking there, doing what he says even when you don't understand it, going through the hard stuff, but watching him fix things. Amen? Just being in Christ. All right. First Corinthians 1.30. But of him you are in Christ Jesus who was made to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So in Christ I have wisdom from God. I become righteous, sanctified, and redeemed. How many gets a key here that this in Christ thing is important? All right. He goes on in 1 Corinthians 3.1. I was not able to speak to you as to spiritual ones, but as to fleshly ones, you're just infants or babes in Christ. So you can be in Christ, but if you're still living in the flesh and doing everything in flesh, you're born again, but you're not living as a person in Christ. Amen? All right. Um, 1 Corinthians 4, 15. He says, you have many teachers in Christ, but not many fathers. For I fathered you in Christ Jesus through the gospel. What's he saying? He's saying, you know, you might, you watch a lot of these good teachers he wasn't saying it because he didn't have internet back then. But basically, you've heard this good teacher and that good teacher, and you go to this conference and that conference, and that's all in Christ. If he's taking you there, showing you there, if I went around this room, hopefully everybody would have two or three uh, teachers or prophetic people that they really like. That's good. They shouldn't all be the same either. It's who God's in Christ leading you, has led you to study and hear and all that kind of thing, Right? But what Paul is saying to them now, but there's not many who are going to father you in Christ. He's talking about there's not many who are going to put up with you day and night, really know you, really do what God would have a father in Christ do to see that you are connected to the headship of Christ, to see that your life has changed. That's why you're not going to have many fathers. He says so. So you can't just run around from church to church to thing to thing to this and that and actually mature in a powerful way in Christ. Amen? You have to have a play, places where you're, where you're really, really known and God can really come in and help you to really become who you need to be. Amen? So Paul's just saying that. He goes, anybody's not controlling them. They go here and there. Teachers, everybody's like, like, come on, people. You see what God has had me do to help you to grow in Christ. All right. Anyway, you get the idea. Um, you can go read them all. There's, there's too many. I can't do them one night. So I'll stop with that one. But you get justified in Christ. You get... Um, get sent to the nations. Anyway, gosh, there's so much. So they raise the dead in Christ. Um, you're, you're seated together in the heavenlies in Christ. See, everybody, oh, we're ruling and reigning in Christ. You've got to be in Christ. In Christ is a place in the spirit. Amen. In Christ is a place in the spirit. It's a reality that your spirit is connected to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is leading your spirit and the rest of you, your soul and your body goes for the ride. Amen. And then I'm in Christ. 
It's not your brain is in charge and there's a little Holy Spirit and a little anointing once in a while and you're taking Holy Spirit for a ride. Although that's probably a lot of what people are doing. It's more this, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? And it's not some robot kind of thing. You just kind of know what he wants to do when he wants to do it because you become so one with him. Amen. And, and all of a sudden you realize, wow, you know, I just, I just handled that situation well. That was, wow, that wasn't my wisdom to help me with the kids with that situation. That wasn't my wisdom saying, wait, wait, don't do it that way. That's God. But we have to lay down our doing it and trust him to do it and pray and seek the Lord. Now, if there's things that come along and he's not giving you something big, you're just going to have to go by his word and walk out in faith and do what you think is right. Amen? This isn't like put everything on hold and the kids are tearing the house down and you know, the dogs are running around and, and nobody's doing anything. Well, I don't know what God wants, so no. Do all that you know to do and do it as in Christ, amen? But begin to grow in this relationship with Christ, knowing how he operates, what he wants to do, learning to hear his voice, amen? And the more I walk with him, the more comfortable I am with walking with him, the more I trust him and the easier it becomes to just let go and trust him in everything. All right. Um, let me just do this one real quick. Ephesians 2.10. For by grace you're saved through faith. This is not of yourselves, it's a gift from God. It's not of works that anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God, which God before prepared that we should walk in them. God has prepared works that he wants you to walk in. Doesn't mean everybody's going to do that, right? You can go live your own life any way you want and have almost nothing to do with God. Or you can start to say, wow, I, I want to know what these prepared works are that you have for me to walk in. And I, I want to do that, God. I want to glorify you. I want to, because I'm your workmanship. You're doing this work in me for your glory, not for mine. You're doing this work in me, so then we say, wow, she's really changed. That's really something how, you know, that happens and this happens and God just makes that happen. It's for his glory. It's not so you can look at somebody and go, wow, look what God does in them. It's so you can look at somebody and say, wow, I know God can do that in me too. Or what is he, wonder what he wants to do with my life. It's to get everybody hungry to be in Christ. Amen? Not too many. It's like you guys take some time looking at them. It talks about having the mind that was in Christ. Think like Christ thought. Um, I press on after a mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There's a high calling. You, you choose. You get to choose if you're going after the high calling in Christ or if you're just going to settle with a getting by. You get to choose. Lord, I want the high calling in you. I want what you have called me to that's going to take complete yieldedness to you I'm completely trusting you. That's what I want. So however we got to get there, let's just go for it. Amen? You get to pick these things. He says, um, I love this one, Philippians 4, 7. The peace of God which surpasses all your understanding will keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Anyway, I'm not going to go over. There's too many. Look at all of them. Everything's in Christ, isn't it? If you really look at that, I encourage you this week over the Christmas holidays, 
really just go and do a word search of in Christ. Write some of those things down. Begin to famili get familiar with, well, I should have this in Christ. This is where this is at. Start looking at your own life. Use your notebooks and see, was that in Christ? It wouldn't hurt you at the end of the day to take a few minutes before you go to bed with, I'd say use a notebook and say, what things did I do in Christ today that I knew were in Christ? And what things did I do that weren't in Christ? There were the flesh. Because part of this is waking up to realize that there is an in Christ. Amen. It's a real place. And that there's still the flesh that's possible. And not confusing the two. Amen. And then really realizing, Lord, how do I do this? And, and let me say, he knows. You your children are different. Um, I'm telling you, I've told you this before. <laughs> One of my sons, you just look at him wrong. You just look at him like you're a little bit disappointed or upset. And he beats, he'll beat his own self up. You know, he's like, you know, he, he will, like, so God needs him to chill some, you know. The other child, totally opposite. You know, he's fine if he doesn't, you know. It's like, so, so to treat both of them, to, to minister to both of them the same is wrong. If, if, it per, if God's geared someone to kind of be, want to be a perfectionist and try really hard all the time, you got to help them to tone down. To you don't ever compare them with each other, to each other. Amen? You don't, the one who's, quote, wants to be a perfectionist is not better than the one who needs some motivation. Sometimes, sometimes with a holy <laughs> help from you. Amen? Amen. You can't have a set of rules. And it's not fair to have a set of rules where the one kid's going to do them all and never be in trouble. And the other kid's going to constantly have you on their back. Amen. You've got to see who they are and what's going on and how do I do this? And you've got to trust God with that. So you want to be in Christ. Amen. I know I'll finish with this story because we got to get, get going, but um, you've all heard this story, but these are really good stories because they're the ones that stand out in my journey when I had to learn to be in Christ. Amen? And so my one son was sick, so every night, you know, just about every night, we'd go pray for him and, and we'd read the word over him because he was really, really sick, life and death sick. And I'd be so tired after that sometimes, and, and then I'd be going down the hallway and the other child was getting jealous of that and would be like, come pray for me. You didn't talk to me. So you'd go in there. And at first night, okay. Second night, you don't have anything from God for him. You're really getting kind of ticked off. You know what I mean? And why? Because all of a sudden you're being manipulated. Now they're a little kid. They don't know. So what do they really need? You see? And that's where you have to say, wait, they don't need me treating them exactly like I'm treating the other one because they're manipulating it, which is getting me ticked off because God's not in it. Amen. So, so you have to come up with a different way to give them your time. You have to come up with the, you don't want them jealous of the one who's sick so that the devil opens doors for sickness in, the, in their lives later. Amen. So there's so much spiritual stuff involved with all this, but who knows how to do it? God. So you can actually be honest um, and say, you know what? You don't need me to pray for you. God's not telling me to pray for you right now, but let's pray together for your brother. And, and I'm so thankful for you and, you know, these things about you. So 
we'll go do something tomorrow after school or whatever. You see what I'm saying? And so you can't be drawn into an entanglement. Okay, entanglements are guilt-led. Uh, entanglements are guilt-led, not spirit-led. Amen? So you have to give it everything you're doing out of guilt. You cannot let people, especially if they're your children or even spouses or whatever, you can't let people use guilt to control you. That's condemnation. That's a devil's way of controlling. Amen? How many know our whole society right now is trying that? They probably got it from the church, to be honest. You can't use guilt. You can't use shame. God had to really set me free from some of those things. Those were things that a lot of parents have used on us, amen? And we've used them on our kids some. And it was like, Lord, forgive us. Break us free from that. We need to see what you want. We want to see the kind of marriage you want, the kind of raising children, the kind of raising, being part of our grandchildren's life. What do you want us to do, amen? I, I do believe for those who came to the little gathering for Christmas, didn't you see some difference in some of the kids? I mean, they all got along so well. It was amazing. And, and they just really genuinely were like brothers and sisters. They all came on their own and all sat up here and just, it was just a really cool thing. I think God was giving us a demonstration of what it's like to be in Christ. And I want you to take that home with you and get rid of these things that aren't in Christ. Get rid of your judgments. Get rid of your criticism. Don't let other people judge and criticize you. Don't let other people tell you what to do if it's not coming from the Lord. Amen? Because everybody's got different tendencies. And if, if, you've, if you're in a situation where you're not in Christ and you're used to telling everybody what to do and how to do it, you might step over bounds and it's not Holy Spirit leading you. Amen? Just because somebody tells me something and it might have some sound wisdom to it doesn't mean it's coming from the right spirit. Never treat your children or your spouse or, or anyone else you really have a sphere of influence in their life. Never react to somebody else's criticism or somebody else's judgment. Amen? Now, if Holy Spirit's speaking through somebody and conviction hits you, then, then do what God's showing you. If somebody speaks and it wakes you up to something you probably do have a, uh, a situation you ought to look into, then don't get mad at them because they woke you up even if it wasn't the way you want to be awakened. Amen? But really seek the Lord about it. But always don't, just always wait for the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you something. When, when you're in this, when people are in this church, and I have an authority in this church. Amen? So if I see kids doing stuff I absolutely feel led by God, I'm not going to have them doing here. I'm, I'm going to do something about it. But I'll do it in love. Amen? I'm going to do it in love. And um, I have seen some things with some of the teens, and I know one the Lord just gave me such a heart for and said, just start hugging that one and complimenting them. They're ready for somebody to blast them with something negative. Go shock them and blast them with something full of love. But my, my gut reaction would be, who do you think you are? You're not going to do that here. 
That would be my flesh reaction. That would be my personality reaction. So when God tones me down and says, no, you go tell them how pretty they look and you go hug them. When what they were doing, the last, you, you didn't want to hug them, you want to throw them out the door. Amen? That's God. We have to learn not to react to our gut. We got to learn not to react to the flesh. Oh, well, I wouldn't let that. Who are you to say what you wouldn't let happen? You're not God. Amen? And it always, always, God always does what he does to help rescue people, not to condemn them. Not to label them, not to make them feel worse, not to damage them. Amen? Everything he does is based on what is going to help them. That's what's going to make you feel better. Amen? And so we just need, Lord, help us with this thing. You know, help us with this thing. We need to come together, led by Holy Spirit, to help each other and not be part of the problem if we possibly can. Amen? But then we can always forgive and walk in love and see what God wants and see what's coming at us because it's probably in us. <laughs> Amen? I said, ooh, I don't want that in me. Lord, help get that out of me. All right. So I'm just going to let sit on this. I want you guys to go home and I want you to really look at the scriptures in Christ. I want you to seriously take some time, write down some of these things, write down the things in Christ that jump out at you that you really want God to help you to get there. Amen? And then next week, um, we'll look at how to get free from being in the family situation, from having our identity in being the mom or being the dad or being the parent or being the whatever. Amen? But for whatever reason, God chose tonight for me to help you first to see what it's like to be in Christ, get you hungry for that, get you praying for that, getting you seeking that before I tell you the stuff that's wrong. Amen? Because a lot of times it's easy for me to point out what's wrong. But the Lord's like, no, I, I want him to see I want them to be hungry to be in me, not just feel, be ba not just feel bad because their, their families are so messed up or whatever. Amen? And then let's see what he does with that. So really spend some time. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing. Lord, I thank you for, we want our hearts to be open to you. Lord, we want divine correction. We want conviction. We just give our hearts to you, God. Change us. Lord, help us to respond only to your Holy Spirit. Help us to only respond to your Holy Spirit. Lord, let us not respond to the demonic things we see happening to, in, in people we love. Father, we don't want to be people who react. We want to be people who are led. Father, let us not be man-pleasers that we react to somebody else's criticism or what they think we should do. But Lord, let us hear what the Spirit is telling us. Lord, we all come before you. We ask you to cleanse us from taking your place in people's lives. Lord, we ask you to forgive us. For using worldly knowledge or flesh knowledge or even our own examples to then try to judge others. Lord, if every one of us really searched our hearts, without you we've all failed. 
but we can all we can do all things through you lord we can all do all things in christ we can see all these things healed and fixed and turned around you're amazing lord just take us on this journey together let this be a great week of people getting excited about who they can be in you and how to fast the flesh so that they can enter into you. Lord, you could take over in every area of our life that we give you. You could take over if we don't give it to you, but you gave us free will, so you're not going to take over except to where we choose to give to you. Lord, we don't give up our free will to live out somebody else's free will and let them be our judge. But God, we give up our free will to the true judge. We lay down our free will and we say, Lord, we want your will. Your will be done, not mine. You know how to do this, God. I don't. Your ways are higher than my ways. And Lord, we forgive anyone who tried to take your place but hurt us in trying to do that. We ask you to forgive us and help anyone forgive us that we've done that in their lives. Let me just ask for a brand new clean start in this thing as a church and as a people growing together in you. I give you praise for how faithful you are. I give you praise for how real you are. I give you praise as you bring a real unity in our families, with this staff, with this entire church body. You're amazing. We're all excited about what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, but you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough.